Good morning, everybody. Today, we, Bezrat Hashem, try to see if we could do like a blot and a half, a little more, and finish the third parak, which means that we're going to try to learn Daflamid Aleph in Masechah Zagitin, but we're starting three lines up from the bottom of Lamid Ahmed Aleph. Can we do it, Andrew? Yes, we can. Uh, less than 45 minutes. Tanya, Umesu. So what happened over here? Uh, very, very interesting. So we were talking yesterday, and we will resume and re- discuss such issues again today, where one lends money, uh, this was the, the lending, the money uh, lending to the Kohanim and the Levim and the Aniyim of olden days that Chazal actually were encouraging of, which is that you lend money to, let's say, the, the uh, Kohanim and the Levi, and you say the Miser that I would have given you, right, I owe that money anyway. So here, I'm gonna, you can cash out, I'll give you cash now. When I take off Meister, I'll have you in mind, I'll take off the Meister. We'll discuss you know, some of the mechanics of how this works. But the question is, so the reason we brought this up is because let's say these two people don't see each other every day and you don't even know if the person's alive anymore. You don't take off Meister and Truma for somebody who's not alive, okay? So that's what is discussed over here in the Brisa. It's, re- it's relevant because what if you, uh, make this arrangement, and then that person does die. The Kohen and Levi, let's say, dies. So amazing. Understand? In other words, the rest of the Levium uh, join in, so to speak, to sell the Miser, right? Instead, instead of the deceased, which is to say that, let's say we'll call it the Israel and, and, the, and the Levi. So the Israel still gets to keep the Miser because he's getting it almost like as a payment from all the Levium, right? for the loan, quote-unquote, that he gave to the Levi who died. That's what it means. And the same would be true of, uh, for the Ani, right? Ani, Bevezdin, right? If they did it in the presence of, if he gave the, made this arrangement in the presence of a Bezdin with the Ani, Umes, and then that Ani dies, Mafish of Becheskas Aniyei Yisrael, right? So it's as if all the Aniyei Yisrael join in to say, you know what? <coughs> you don't have to give us that money. You can keep that money, that Maeser Ani, in lieu of the fact that you gave the money the loan, right? So it says, And so that is one position. Rav Achi says, Omer, All the poor people in the world. So, so what's the difference between Aniyah Yisrael and Aniyah Olam? As we arrive at Lamed Oman Beis, this, this question of Aniyah Kusim, right, uh, which Tosfos explains it's only it's only really if you have local kusim. In other words, aniye kusim would, would mean what if you, right, this goes back to the question we had about the kusim, whether they were geiri arayas. Um, they were geiri arayas. The question is, is that disingenuous conversion, right, where you convert because you're, uh, you think it's better to be a Jew. So if, is that disingenuous conversion a real conversion? So if you're going to say aniye Israel, um, and if you hold, if you say Aniyah Yisrael, so then if you hold the Kusim are part of Klal Yisrael, so then this arrangement would be true of the Kusim as well. If you hold that they are not Aniyah Yisrael, that they're not Yisrael, that the conversion is not good for the Kusim, so then Aniyah Yisrael would not include the Kusim. Now the truth of the matter is, again, it's all the Aniyah joining in to give you the money, so why do you care if the Kusim are included in that Cheshbon or not? That's what Tosavos is addressing. So the point is that if you think Aniyah Yisrael means only Aniyah Yisrael of the local people and you happen to live in a community where it's all the local, so to speak, Jews are only Kusim, 
So then already you're getting into a situation where may, maybe, maybe uh, you wouldn't be able to, to, to make this arrangement. Um, but that is a very, very unique localized case. Um, okay, yeah, we don't want to get bogged down, but I do remember that um, Yaakov uh, Kermeyer in, in Israel, he's, he's all about the Druzim. He loves the Druze. So like, are the Druze Jews? I don't, I don't think so, right? So, uh, <coughs> so that's the kind of thing. If you're like into a community of, of, uh, of Kusim, so then maybe, maybe this would be a difference. Be that as it may, we're going to say, Asher Ha'ani, what would be the case? So now, you know, an un, a, a Levi can die and an Ani can die, but an Ani has another way of getting out of this, which is he can actually come to, into money and all of a sudden he's not an Ani anymore. So what would you do then? So then, Ein Masher Shalav V'zachah Alav Masher Right, so again, the, the Israel that can't separate Meiser Ani for a person that's not an Ani anymore. Okay, so if that's the case, that the borrower, right, when he was an Ani, he still is Zoka what he has, but he doesn't have to, right, but, but he can keep the money, and the, even though, the, so once he becomes an Ashir, even though the Yisrael that lend him the money can no longer be Mafresh, because you can't be Mafresh, Maeser Ani, for a rich person, right? Still, that doesn't mean that he, that he gets the money back. Again, Barry, this underscores the fact that the way this arrangement works was basically like this. A Yisrael, who's a Balabas, lends money, to, let's say, to an Ani who needs it. And he says, you know, when I'm Mafresh to my Ani, I'll keep it, and that's how I'll save it. But really, it's like one of those things where you're lending money, right, if you're the lender, and you know you're not necessarily going to see the money back. It's not as if really the Ani owes it to you, right? That's not the way the arrangement works. So if anything were to happen to the Ani, so... Chazal said, if, so, if the honey were to die, that the Chazal says that we're going to let everybody else uh, sort of join in and we are going to let you be mafresh. And therefore, you, you as the lender would get the savings of not having to pay uh, the miser. But if the specific honey actually became wealthy, so then it's like you, you know what? You helped him on his feet. Maybe he'll uh, give you back, you know, a, a token of his appreciation. But at that point, you can't be mafresh anymore. And as the person who lent it, you're out that money, so to speak, right? Because you, uh, because you can't be mafresh maeser ani for a person that's no longer an ani. So now it says the Gemara, Verabanan, they say, uh, the, right, that was the Machlok before, Rabbi Lezben Yaakov, um, the, the Rabbanon before, they said before that you're allowed to, what, re, retain the Truman Meiser even after the borrower died. Right, so the Rabbanon now are talking about the He'eshir Ha'ani. Right, so the question is, right, not, forget about the previous Machalkas. Let's talk about what happens if the person dies. So we just said that Chazal, irrespective of the Machalkas really, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yaakov, and Rabbi Achi, Irrespective of that, they hold that all of Kali Israel comes and joins together to pay back the lender. So again, the lender gets to be mafresh if the person dies, but if, let's say, talking about an Ani. So if the Ani dies, so then the lender gets to be mafresh, Maeser Ani, for the rest of Ani Israel, And he's not going to be out the money. But if the Ani becomes wealthy, so then he does not get to be mafresh, and he doesn't keep the money. So now Barry wants to know, and the Gemara wants to know, why is that two different halachas? You know, there's the reason why Chazal said that the rest of the NEA Yisrael are going to come in to join in to allow, let's say Andrew is the lender, they're going to allow Andrew to keep the money um, and to be mafresh it, right? The reason why the NEA Yisrael are going to do it is because they want Andrew to be able to lend money to people. 
right? They want him to, to be incentivized to do that so that if circumstances change, they want him to keep it. But why aren't they going to say, okay, so if one of us, Ani Yisrael, doesn't die, but it becomes wealthy, right? The, the opposite extreme, right? And, and so if he becomes wealthy, so fine. So maybe the rest of the Ani Yisrael should still join in and let Andrew be mafresh his, the money for Meiser Ani, right? This way, Andrew won't be out the money. In other words, if what we're trying to do is incentivize Andrew and we're going to say that even if this Ani that he made the arrangement with it can no longer pay him, what's the difference whether the Ani becomes wealthy or the Ani dies? Either way, shouldn't Chazal have instituted that the Ani Israel should join together to, to allow Andrew to be mafresh the Meiser Ani so that he's not out the money that he lent to the Ani? So that's what the Gemara wants to know, right? What's the difference for Misa, like we just said, where Chazal did make a Takana that, you could, that, that Andrew could be mafresh the money, as opposed to when he becomes wealthy, you can't make the Takana. So the Gemara answers, Misa, Shechicha, Shiras, Lo Shechicha. That, yeah, the reason they made a Takana for Misa is because that happens all the time. But Ashiros becoming wealthy, for, for an Ani to become wealthy, is not very common. Okay, less common. And therefore, you can only make a takana on a case that's the more common case. So, right, it's very, so, right, if, if Andrew lent money to somebody who was really so destitute that he uh, classified as an ani, and then he became an usher, I'm sure Andrew would be very happy. And I'm sure that once he became an usher, that person would show enough appreciation that it wouldn't matter. So, but be that as it may, one is shchiach, one is not. And that is why they only made a takana by Misa, but not by Ashiras. To which, Amar of Papa, Hainu Damar Inchi, that is in line with the famous phrase, if you hear that your friend passed away, you can believe it. But if you hear, if somebody tells you, oh, this guy just made a killing, you don't have to believe it. That's usually overstated. It's less common than you realize, okay? Fine. It's two, uh, seven lines down, two dots. This has to do with the Yorshim, right? That the Yorshim, the Mishnah said, if the, if, right, if the person, the borrower died, then you have to ask permission from Yorshim, because after all, right, he made this arrangement with the, with the, with the person who died. The Yorshim didn't make the arrangement with him. So first the Gemara says, Tanya, Rebbe Omer, Yorshim, Shiyarshu. That's a terrific statement. The Yorshim, we're talking about Yorshim that inherited. Says the Gemara, my umik or Yorshim, lo Yorshu? What do you mean? Yorshim are by definition those who inherited. What do you mean? Are you trying to compare them to Yorshim that did not inherit? Yeah, so Elam Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan explains what this is talking about. Shiyarshu karka veloshiyarshu ksafim. That's important, right? In other words, there's a concept that we learn that if Yorshim right inherited karka, right, then you're legally obligated to use that karka to pay the you know the deceased debts. However, if Yorshim just inherited metaltalim, they're not legally. Uh, enti- they're not legally required to pay. That would just be like a mitzvah to pay. So that is the distinction. Yorshim here means that they were Yorish Karka. To which Amar Yochanan, in Machat, right, does it have, so, so now that we said that, right, does it have any, any bearing, right, on the arrangement that we just discussed where Andrew, in our discussion, gets to keep the Miser? Does it matter whether, once you get into the level of Yorshim, does it matter whether the Yorshim were Yorish Metaltalin or Karka, says the Gemara, so son rather, is saying that the amount of Trumar Meiser that Andrew can collect, right, can, can uh, save, the savings on the Trumar Meiser that he has, is going to be exactly commensurate with the amount of, right, Karka that the Yorshim actually inherited. Now, again, we said if the person's mace, we said that really 
in, in essence, if the person's mates, then the rest of you know Kali Israel is going to join in. But but the idea is that if you made the arrangement and you're now having a conversation with the Yorshim, so then you have to you have to know how to coordinate it. It might depend on how much money, right? How much land, rather, the Yorshim inherited. That was the sheet of Rabbi Yonasan. However, Rabbi Yochanan, the great, right? Uh, the great Yochanan, the great Yeshiva says, that this Malokardim, uh, as Rashi is going to explain, is that he can actually collect all of it. A kardim is more than a machat. Machat is a needle. A kardim is an axe. But how do I know all of it? Because the Gemara says, What's the Maise de Katina? It's the Maise of the small field that Abaye ruled on. What's the small field that Abaye ruled on? So Rashi hooks us up. He explains. We already learned this, guys. What happened? That the ksuba was supposed to be mezuz, right? And then a person died. And then there was a, what? A land that was chamishim, that was only worth chamishim, that went to the, that went to the Yorshim. The Balchov came, and what did he do? He seized it twice. In other words, he seized a land, gave it to the Yosmim, and seized it again. Rabbi Yochanan is saying, that according to Abaye over there in Ksubis, Dafsarik Aleph, that that actual procedure can be done multiple, multiple times, right? And in successive seizures of, of land, eventually you can take in, enough to retain as much truma as Meiser that's absolutely necessary to, to retain your fill. So the bottom line is, there's Mahogas Rabbi Yonasan and Rabbi Yochanan here, where Rabbi Yonasan says that Andrew would only be able to save in the Trumas of Maestros the amount, uh, commensurate with the amount of land that was left for the Yorshim, whereas Rabbi, Yon, whereas Rabbi Yochanan would say that Andrew can actually retain, because of this Maisa Katina of Abaya that we learned in Ksubis, that because he theoretically can do multiple seizures, he's of, uh, if there's any land left over at all, that enables Andrew actually to take the full amount of Maestro off um, based on this ruling of Avaya. Fine. So now 14 lines down, two dots. There's a brysa that has several interpretations uh, that's relative, relevant to what we said that's, uh, that is similar. And we're going to discuss exactly what the brysa means as follows. Tanar Banan. Yisrael Sha'amar Lelevi Meiser Yesh Lechabiyadi. Okay, so again, because we already discussed the situation where the Meiser Rishon, let's say, is in Andrew, we're going to keep picking on Andrew. So Andrew said to the Levi, I have your Meiser. Right? There's some Meiser in my house with your name on it. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to discuss what the case is. So, says the Brysa, Ain't choshin the Trumas Meiser Shabo. Now, the Trumas Meiser is the Meiser, let's say I'm the Levi. I'm just going to make it personal. Okay, Andrew? So I'm the Levi, because I am, and you're the Israel. So you say to me, hey man, I got some Meiser in my house with your name on it. Okay? So that's, that sounds like you can give me Meiser. Very nice. Question is, what usually happens is Andrew gives me Meiser Rishon, right? And then I take off Trumas Meiser to the coin, right? The Torah says that the Levi takes off Meiser from the Meiser he gets from Andrew and he gives that to the Kohen. So what is this? Ain Choshe Trumas Meiser Shabo? So it's like this. The idea is like, in theory, um, I could double cross Andrew. Why am I going to double cross Andrew? Because... Andrew's saying that he wants to give me tr- that he wants to give me Meiser. But what I did was when Andrew told me that he's going to give me Meiser, I had a whole giant warehouse full of Meiser that I got from other people and I used Andrew's Meiser as Trumas Meiser. 
Okay? That's, I, I double-crossed him. I took Andrew's cash, right? Because a- Andrew is going to, is going to, I took the cash, and then I, I double-crossed him by rendering, right, the cash, uh, by, right, and designated for the coin. Rendering the cash puzzle and designated, designated for the coin. How did I double-cross Andrew? Because again, Andrew said like this, um, you know what? I have a miser obligation, right? So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of cash. Okay, so I take, he gives me cash. And he says, and now I'm going to use, it's the same arrangement we talked about before. Andrew says he has a miser obligation. He's going to give me a little bit of cash. And, and then he's going to take off that miser. And it's as if he gave me the miser and he's going to keep it. That was what he said. But then I double-crossed Andrew. I used the cash, and then the miser that I had coming to me from Andrew, I designated it as Trumas miser, okay? From, from miser that I received elsewhere, okay? So I double-dipped on Andrew's miser. I took Andrew's cash, and Andrew, then I, he gets a call from like the miser department saying, your miser that you think that you're taking off as Trumas, as, as miser Rishon has been designated by the person that you gave cash to, who, who double-crossed you, it's been designated as Trumas miser. And therefore, you have to take off miser again, because that Trumas miser you can't take off as, as miser. So this is a complicated case, to say the least. But that's what it means when it says, uh, if you say miser yesh l'chabiyadi, then ain't choshin l'trumas miser shabo. However, uh, but the Bryce is saying that you don't have to worry about it because that I took off the Trumas Meiser. However, if a core Meiser Yesh Chabayadi, but if Andrew says I have a larger amount of Meiser, a, uh, a specific amount, uh, 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 not a larger, but Meiser was very nonspecific. He just says I have Meiser for you. When he says a core, a very specific amount, then Choshin the Trumas Meiser Shabo. Then we are Choshesh. Why? So we'll see. That's, what the, that's the din in the Bryce. The Gemara is going to have several. Uh, attempts to understand what the Bryce is up to here. So it says the Gemara, my Kamar, what is the Bryce saying? So I'm Rabbi Halchi Kamar, Yisrael Shemar Levi, Maisir Shiesh Lachabi Yadi, Vehelech Damav. So now we're explaining the case. Andrew says to me, I have Maisir of yours, and here's some cash. Okay? We're not concerned that maybe I, right, did a Trumas Maisir from Andrew's uh, Maisir. For produce that I had elsewhere, why? Because I don't know exactly how much uh, Meiser Andrew meant to give me, and therefore, because I don't know that amount, we're not nervous that I'm going to double cross Andrew simply because I don't know the numbers. However, once Andrew reveals the numbers to me, once he says Kor Damov, Andrew gives me cash and he says, "You know what? I have like exactly this amount of money set aside for Meiser for you." Then. Once I know exactly how much money Andrew set aside for me, now I'm suspected of double-crossing Andrew. Now I know that exact amount. I'm going to take that amount off as Trumas Meiser, and Andrew's going to get a call from the Meiser department saying, uh-uh, you can't take that off. That didn't count. Your buddy that you gave cash to double-crossed you, and you're going to have to now pay Meiser from a different amount because you shouldn't have told him the exact amount because now he used that information against you. Says the Gemara, are you kidding? Are we talking about degenerates here? Rishayim that are going to double cross? Like, isn't that like a low, the lowest form of degenerate? Like, I'm, I'm getting true, you do me a favor and you give me cash, and then I go around and double cross you? Is this the kind of people we're dealing with? The Shakli Dmei, Mashvili, Trumas Meiser, who would take money, like, would I take money from Andrew, and then, and, uh, you know, that he gave me as a favor, as a cash out, 
and then turn hit and then uh, uh, one turn uh, harsh turn. What is it? No, no good deed goes unpunished, which is not true. But right, that we know that's not true. Andrew does me a good deed, gives me cash, and then I punished him by rendering his miser trumas miser and thus useless to him. I would never do that. So the Gemara says that can't be the case. Of the Bryce. The case must be like this. Here's the case. Okay. Now Andrew is saying, this is a totally different case. Andrew has a different Levy in mind, and that Levy passed away. So Andrew says, You know, right? So now he says, You know, I promised Meiser to your father. So he says, Here's the cash. Oh, so this is a Yorish, right? That didn't know that this was coming. Says the says the Gemara. Right. So there we're not concerned that what that the Levi's father before he passed away did trumas meiser in a different place. Right. Or however, right. That when he knows the precise amount, it has to do more with the 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 father. In other words, it's it's a little less sinister. The question is that the father already assume. Uh, did he already render Andrew's, again, it's the same concern, that did he already, end, uh, Andrew said to the father that I have Meister with your name on it. Now the father didn't know that he was going to get cash for it. He just said, thank you very much. And he rendered Andrew's Meister as his Trumas Meister, but he never even cashed out, right? So it wasn't like the Levy was very sinister. It's just that the question is, when that Levy dies, and Andrew, who has a heart, goes over to his Yorsha and says, you know, I want to give you some cash because I saved some money because I actually had designated Meiser for your father. I never got a chance to give it to him or whatever. So the question is, the, both Andrew and the Levy who was deceased were great guys. The question is, did Levy uh, set aside that amount of money as it, that, that, Andrew, that he had invested, so to speak, in Andrew's Meiser? Did he set it aside as Trumas Meiser? So that's the question. Now, the, now regarding that question, the Gemara wants to know. This whole, both these cases are predicated on what? On me as a Levi or any Levi taking Shumas Meiser off of Andrew's Meiser that's been set aside. That's called Lomina Mukaf. Lomina Mukaf means you, know, you don't have it right in, in your face right now. So if you're not looking at the stuff straight up, so then how are you being Mafish Shumas and Meisers? What's the Allah, Barry? The Allah is. That mid bedi eved, you could do it. You don't need to be minamukaf. However, lechatchila a chaver, right? Who's considered like a talmud chacham? That was not considered lechatchila way of doing things. Um, we have examples of this uh, with regards to erev shabbos, right? We saw this already. That that that's considered bedi eved. Like if you need to have, let's say, the produce. You need to eat it for Shabbos and Yontev, and you can't be mafresh trumas and meisers on Shabbos. So then, Arab Shabbos, like after, the, you know, in the 18 minutes, you can be mafresh shalom and amukaf, right? But that's because it's a bedieved. But why would this be bedieved? Why would we assume that this really nice levy was mafresh, you know, produce that was in Andrew's house that was designated to him as a meiser? Why would he take off trumas meiser off of that? That's shalom and amukaf. Why would he do that? That's not a lechatchila. Says the Gemara, El Avar Amar Ravashi. That prompted Ravashi to give a third explanation of our bride. So as follows: Zochi Kamar, Ben Yisrael Shamar Levi. Okay, so now it's Andrew's uh, son, but not Andrew. It's a different Israel. There's a there's a Israel's son that says to Levi, Kach Amar Liyaba. Back in the day, my father told me, Maiser Lacha Biyadi, that 
he was going to, that, right, there's some Maiserishon of yours in my possession. So the Yisrael's heir is now going to the Levi, and he says, I think I have your Maiserishon in my possession. Or, right, the Yisrael quotes his father saying that to, to the Levi's father. So, Choshin Latrumas Maiser Shabo. Right? So what's going on here? So this is, this second case is a, is a totally different case. In other words, in the first two cases, we were worried. Did the Levi double cross the Israel? Or did the Levi have, right, did he designate, forget about the double cross, but did the Levi designate, right, the Meiser that was in Andrew's possession, did he designate that as Trumas Meiser? Okay? Now we're doing a different case. The issue here now is a totally different case. It's whether the Israel himself took it off on behalf of the Levi. Now that is another issue. Can that be done, right? In other words, the Yisrael, when he gave the Meiser to the, right, to the Levi, or when he, when he told the Levi that I'm going to use your, right, your Meiser, did he take, did the Yisrael take off the Trumas Meiser? Okay, right, that's what we're concerned about. That, that, should that have been separated? In other words, do we assume that it was or not separated? With the, well, ain't Choshishin or Choshishin. Well, came with the locates, if he just says, and he doesn't know the amount, so law of him is talking like Balabait. So that means that the Balabait, here the Israel, right, would not have made the Meiser shown usable by taking off Trumas Meiser. However, Kor Meiser Lechabiyadi, or Kor Meiser Lavichabiyadi, in those cases where he's saying that a specific amount, we assume that it was, that he took off Trumas Meiser, came with the kids to Kuritakne Balabais. Since we're talking about a definite amount, then, then one would assume, which is an interesting assumption, that the father of the Yisrael would have said, would have separated out Shumas Meiser. So that leads to the obvious question, the Trump Shumas Meiser? In other words, when, since when do we know that an Yisrael that's going to give Meiser Rishon to a Levi, that he's going to take off Shumas Meiser on behalf of the Levi? That's not how it works. What's supposed to happen is the Yisrael gives Meiserishon to the Levi, the Levi takes the Meiserishon and take off the Trumas Meiser. Where do you ever hear, hear of Israel taking off the Trumas Meiser off of the Meiserishon on behalf of the Levi? So the Gemara in, that actually happens. That's in accordance with the sheet of Abba Lazar ben Gamla. Abba Lazar ben Gamla he. Betanya, Abba Lazar ben Gamla, Omer v'nechshav l'chem Trumas chem. So that Pasuk, right, in, that Pasuk in Devarim, uh, I'm sorry, in Bamidbar, sorry. It says, V'nechshav l'chem t'shurim s'chem k'dagon minagorn chulam minayakev. Right? So that, that pasuk is talking about that the truma, right, should be from the dagon and the yakev. And Rashi explains, in the first Rashi in Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph, betray truma s'kosu medaber. Right? As the pasuk says, Rashi here says, look inside Rashi, the high karb levim ksiv truma s'chem. Heiner Trumas Meiser, Kedagon Minagarin, Heiner Truma Gadola, Rashis Dogon Cheyestral Mafish Migorno. This is a Hekish, right? Vehikish Akosov. The Hekish is the Kosov, the Pasuk is compared, Trumas Meiser, Truma Gadola. And there are some comparisons. In some ways they're the same, in some ways they're different, right? Chazal know how to make these comparisons. Be that as it may, how is it compared in the following way? Says the Gemara, on top of Amad Alf, Amad Alf, Bishte Trumas Akosov Medaber, Achas Truma Gadola, Achas Trumas Meiser. That truma gadola, which goes to the coin, is is uh, is compared to the truma smaiser, which goes to the levi. Kashem shet truma gadola, and he tells beomed of a machshava, just like you can take it off by an estimation and mentally, without actually having to physically separate it, 
right? You can do it with an oral declaration. So too, you could do so initially with Shumas Meiser. That's what's relevant to us. So it's amazing. Just like the Yisrael takes off Truma, right? Gedola, right? Which is, you know, the way we were talking about, like, the, the Truma of the original Truma of the Kohen, which presumably would also apply to the Meiser Rishon, just like he could do that, which is what his... That's his obligation to do. So too, uh, as the Israel, the Israel can even take off the Trumas Meiser. And since that is a possibility, that might be the Chshash. In other words, you have a, an Israel that's a really good guy. He wants to be Mafrish Meiser for the Levi. He doesn't know, you know, whether the Levi is going to know to take off Trumas Meiser. He goes the extra mile and take off the Trumas Meiser on his behalf as well to the Kohanim. And so there's a question. If he says that I have in my possession a certain amount, right, or of Trumas Meiser for you, so then you don't, if it's not a specified amount, so then that's a tip-off that he didn't take off Trumas Meiser because he doesn't know, right? That's the 40th, 50th, or 60th, right, uh, the Chazal instituted. Whereas if he says a, speci- a specified amount, that means this guy's really geschicked, Barry. He really knows his stuff. He's keeping his accountant on an Excel spreadsheet very, very meticulously. And those kinds of guys are the kinds of guys that, you know, when they know the exact amount of money they're dealing with, so maybe they did budget a true Meiser. Because after all, we just learned that according to, right, according to uh, Rabbi Abba Elazar ben Gabla, that that is something that you theoretically could, in fact, halachically do. So now we're on the mission of Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph, and we're going to go back to, can we assume that something is still alive? The idea of this chazaka. Let's see. So now we're putting the two uh, topics together again. So again, let's say uh, Andrew set aside fruits to separate trumas mice with it. Okay, you set it aside, but you're on a business trip or you're at, you're you're away. Or mafreshalim or coins to separate mice with it. Mafreshalim You could do that on the assumption that they're still that they're still there. What do you mean? Well, Andrew, let's say the fruits, right? You designated fruits and you went away to uh, Saint Lucia, let's say. Right, because I think Laney's been talking about that. So, uh, can you do so? In other words, can you assume that the fruit are still in place? Right. In other words, you brought with you, you brought food with you to say there's not kosher food in Saint Lucia. So you brought all the tevel stuff, and it's all with you in your suitcase, right? And all of the meiser you left back in Baltimore. So, well, really, trimus and meisers are mitzvahs lewis bars. But the point is, let's say, right, we're talking about. Very soon, Mashiach comes and you're going to go and visit a Chutzlarz, even though you, all your stuff is going to be in Eretz Yisrael. Anyway, the point is that you left the fruit there. Can you assume that the fruit is still good? The fruit has to be good in order to, or they have to be in existence, right? Uh, it, it can't be, can't have been eaten by anybody in your house or anything like that in order to be able to be mafresh with it. So the question is, im avdu. If you found out, however, that they're gone, right? that the, you went back and somebody says, hey, we looked in the garage in Eretz Yisrael where you set aside all that produce and it's all gone. So now, says the Mishnah. You have the, we're going to explain. I mean, the Rashi says the Gemara will explain. Meislais means 24 hours, but which 24 hours? We'll see. That's Divir Rabbi Lazar. We'll analyze this a little bit. However, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, this is totally not related. This is a separate idea about setting aside wine. Let's say what you set aside for this was, was wine. So wine converts into vinegar, Andrew. When, once the wine converts into vinegar, you can no longer use it as 
taking off Meiser for wine. So, re- re- right, relevant to what we're talking about, Rebbe is talking about three different times that you have to check the wine. Again, one of the ways that would be Ovid, the point is you're setting aside Meiser, right, Andrew? When you set it aside, it can disappear in one of two ways. Somebody maybe took it, maybe it was eaten, or maybe it was wine that turned into vinegar. So any of those situations, you'd have to take off Meiser again. The stuff that you kept with you that you didn't take off Meiser is Tevel. You can't eat that stuff, Andrew. So how, when do you check the wine? Because after all, now we're talking about you know that you lost it. You know that it got lost in one way or another. So how, how do you timestamp when that loss happened relative to when you can eat or not eat the fruit and all the other things that are going on? So, for example, once you know that wine soured and turned into vinegar, when do you timestamp it? So, first of all, you check it three different times in order to keep the chazaka. Right? Our mission is teaching is a chazaka that the wine's still okay, but you have to check the wine three different times in the year. First of all, at the time of blowing of the east wind, after Sukkot, that's the emergence of the original the berries of the vines. Or at the time that liquid enters unripe grapes. So those are three different times where it could actually start to ferment, and that's when you have to check to make sure that it's still okay. So now the Gemara wants to know, what do you mean by 24 hours? Two very different things. In other words, you, let's say you were mafresh the truma on, on Sunday, right before you went to St. Right, 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 right before you went off to, to St. Lucia. And then you got a call on Thursday that it was gone. So Rabbi Yochanan says 24 hours prior to when you got the call on Thursday is when you have to assume that from, that's when it went missing. However, as we turn to Lamed Alphon Beis, no, from Sunday, 24 hours after you set it aside on Sunday, right? So there's a big gap of time between these two shitos. One says, it's, uh, it, they both agree is 24 hours, but is it from the time that you set it aside before you left? Or is it from the time that you found out and got the call on Thursday, 24 hours prior to? So it's none. It says, im avdu, right? Our Mishnah says that if they were lost, So It sounds like, according to Rabbi Yochanan, who said that you do it from 24 hours prior to when you got the call, that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense from Elizabeth Antigonus who says it's from Sunday. Then the Mishnah would have used a different language, which said because it sounds like it's going until. In other words, it sounds like it's going after. But our mission makes it sound like it's going from before, which means that it sounds like you're going 24 hours retroactive to when you got the call on Thursday. Kasha. The Gemara says, yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem for Elazar ben Antignus. It sounds like we're holding like Reb Yochanan here. Fine. Now, two dots. Our mission said, Diva Reb Elazar. What do you say? The, you have to be concerned about the ace lace. So, Amar Reb Elazar. Chalukan Lav Chavero Reb Elazar. Reb Elazar said that that's Rabbi Lazar ben Padas said, right, that the, the Amora says that Rabbi Lazar, the Tana, mentioned in our Mishnah, his friends disagreed with him, the Tanan, because we have Mikvah's uh, issues here in the second paragraph of Mikvah's. Right, the Mishnah in, in Mikvah's sounds categorically that once you find out, and we've discussed this Mishnah, once you find out that the, that the Mikvah is no good because it is Chaser, Right, nimtzachaser because it has less than the requisite amount for a mikvah. Then anybody who went in there uh, from when, from the last time that you knew that it was full, you don't say me'ais le'ais. You don't say go back twenty four hours. You say, you know, we checked the mikvah every Sunday, and now we find out again on Thursday that it was chaser. So everybody that was in that mikvah from the time that we checked on a Sunday is presumed to, to be tamei. 
So the Gemara asks, Pshita the Chalukin. It's obvious that they disagree. Why do you have to even say that they disagree? No. In other words, the Mishnah and Mikvah certainly says it's the Mafreya. But you might have thought that it was the Mafreya only for 24 hours. So Rabbi Lazar and Padas is pointing out that no, the Mishnah and Mikvah is against Rabbi Lazar and our Mishnah because we really don't go back only 24 hours. You go back to the last time that you were sure that the Mikvah was good. So now 10 lines down, two dots. The Gimel Prakim. What are these three times of the year? Tana. Kufa. That's at the time, like we said, the east wind immediately following Sukkot. What does that mean? Tanya, Relative to that, we say that, you know what? There's three times of the year where you should sell grain. Before planting season, during the planting season, and right before Pesach. Three times you send, sell wine, before Pesach, right before Shavuos, right before Sukkot. Because that's when people drink wine. And Rabbi Lazar, and Evish, and says also Purim this day and age. Right? And oil can be sold from Shavuos and onwards. So my Hilchasa. So what is this? Is this just like kosher money? You're saying like these are the good times to stock up? Or is there a halachic issue here? So I'm a It's halachically relevant, but it's only halachically relevant uh, in Dine Mamanus. In other words, what if you have two people who are partners in this, uh, in this venture of selling wine? Uh, they own the vineyard together. That's become a more common thing if you're a Stolzi hacker that you own a vineyard. And so it, what if two people are actually uh, partners in there and one guy can't get a hold of the other but he wants to sell. So when it's the season, right? so he sells and then actually the, the, the price goes up. So his partner, who he didn't consult with, wants to take him to Besden because he says, well, I would have waited for the price to go up. The Bezdin will poskin against the partner that's suing because they'll say, no, you know what? He's justified for selling it because this is the season to sell. That's what Rashi explains. So, what does it mean? That every day from that point, it's not that specific point, but every day from that point is considered the season. And again, the halakhic nafkamina is how would you handle these partnerships with the winery? Okay. Once we're talking about that, we're going to get way off topic and talk about all aspects of the east wind, which is going to bring us home. So let's spend the next five minutes talking about east winds. You ready, Andrew? Yeah. You remember this? Yom Kippur. Okay. My Charishis. Right. What's Charishis? I'm reviewed. Abishashim and Hashavas also plumbing, plumbing by Charishis is like Charishos, furrows in the sea. That's the east wind. I'm like, Rabbi, I knew the slave. It's Tachashemesh of Roshanavisalef. Wait a minute, but the sun beat on him and he fainted. So that seems like the wind caused the weather to be hot, not to, not to cool off. So, yeah, it blows, and from the Lashon Cheresh, it's actually, it, it, it takes away and stills all of, the, uh, all of the wind's cooling effect of the winds before it. It makes it only hotter. It's like a Chamsin, Andrew. Says, that's what we mean when we say in Eo, the garments are warm, the earth is quiet of the south wind. That's like a chamsin. When is it so hot that you can like boil an egg on your, on your coat? When the south chamsin comes in, that south wind blows away all the cooling winds and makes it hotter still. So now two stories about the winds. Avun Rav Chista was sitting. Chalif Azul Gneva Alayu. There's a dude whose name was Gneva, not a great name. Amrachad Lachavrei. So Avun Rav Chista one said to the other, "Neikam Ekamei Devar Orianhu." We should should we stand up for him or not? Turns out the guy was a jerk and a big bal machlokes, but a huge talmachacham nonetheless. So do you stand up for such a person? So Amalei Idach. So one says, "Mikamei Palga Neikam." 
what, for such a quarrelsome person, we're going to stand up? I mean, he's a jerk. But on the other hand, he's Tam Chacham, so what do you do? So Adahachi Asa Ila Gabayev. In the meantime, Geneva comes over, and Amalhu, Mayaskisu, what's up, fellas? Amalhu, so they said, Beruchos, we're talking about Ruchos. There's a whole development of the Chasam Sofer, the hidden meanings here. They weren't really lying, they were talking about Ruchos. Amalhu, Hachi Amar of Khanan Barava Amarav. So Geneva says the following statement Dal Ruchos, Nashus Bechol Yom, Beruchos, Fonus, Shevis, Imkulan. Four winds, the, the north one blows with all of them. You need that north wind, otherwise the world won't survive him for an hour. And the south wind's the worst. If we're not for the angel called Beinetz that blocks it, it could destroy the whole world. And then he quotes that. From your wisdom that the Nates, which is that angel, extends his limbs and spreads his wings to the south. That's one story. Second story, 17 lines up. Rabbi of Nachman bar Yitzchak over Yasvi. Havachalaf Azar of Nachman bar Yaakov. Yaakov, uh, Nachman bar Yaakov is passing by in a very uh, elegant carriage. The Yosef Biguhakta de Dava, sitting in a golden carriage of Farsalay Sarbala, the Karate with blue green cloak draped over him. Wow, like a royal. Rabbi Azar Lagabe. So Rabbi goes to pay respects. Rabbi Nachman bar Yitzchak, Lazar Lagabe. Rabbi Nachman bar Yitzchak, not interested. Dilmam inchid very rich galusahu. Because Amar, because he said, maybe he's one of the people of Reish Galusa. Rava Tsarchlu, Analot Srichlu. Tosvas goes through Rashi's shot, says he has his own shot. Rava was an Ani, so he had to pay respects. Maybe he get something out of it. But Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak was uh, related to the Reish Galusa. He was, he was wealthy. He didn't need it, according to Tosvas. Kedachazad, the Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, but once he saw Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, once Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak saw that it was a Tamil Chacham, not just a regular rich person, Azul Gabe, right? So then he went to pay respects. Kalil Dare of Nachman Bayakov then was lifting up his, uh, his shirt sleeves. Amar Shadya Nashiv, say, God, it's hot in here. Which is to say, right, this is the source for short sleeves, Andrew. In other words, he was the Gadol Bistral, and that's why it's relevant to our story. Right? He was a Gadol Bistral, and they go to see, greet this Gadol Bistral, and he's rolling up his sleeves, and he's wearing short sleeves. It's fine. He, he's not wearing a black jacket. He's just taking everything off and rolling up his sleeves, saying, my goodness, this Chamsin is so hot. Ah, uh, Andrew says, scrubs be even better. That's true. That's true, Andrew. Very good. You've learned something. Then let's have, I'm a Rava. Okay, I'm a Rava. Isha ma pelis bo, Shmuel, this is, this is how bad that east wind is. A woman can miscarry. Shmuel Amar, I feel the margulish, but Yamar Kevis, well, that's hard. It can rot a pearl in the sea. That's pretty bad. Even semen in a woman's womb. We preach far from this. All these statements are learned if you look at the Pasuk carefully in Hosea. You'll remember this Pasuk from Hosea. Fruitful amongst the brethren, east wind shall come, wind of Hashem will come from the, the desert, and spring become dry. It's all a, uh, right references to this. Yevosh, Mekaroz, and Mekar shall Isha. That's referring to the womb. Yechav, Ma'inoz, the Shechazer, Isha. That's the Shechazer reference. Who you say also called Klichem, does Umargalis, Shabiyam. That's how we came up with the pearl. Amarava, Adi Sirohu, Didaiki, Kri, Mahi, Kubain, Achim, Yafri. Right? That the first clause is talking about from the sages of Surah, they interpreted like this. Amarava afilu shufta bikufina damarafia. The handle which is inserted into the cavity of the hoe becomes loosened from the eastern wind. Even the peg in the wall can loose, become loose. Even a reed woven into a wicker basket could loosen from the eastern wind. Have a good Shabbos, everybody. Bezat Hashem will resume Wednesday because I have a chasana in New York. Enjoy hasholeach with the chasi Evan, chasi ben chorin.